0: Hey, everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there, and we're your two old bloggers over two decades each of talking publicly, blogging on your Minnesota Vikings. And here today, we are looking at the fact that the Vikings have their preseason, the training camp, started in full swing. It is ramping up. We're seeing more and more stuff come out from our favorite beat writers as to what actually is happening. And we have some actual battles going on. It's good to see some of the rookies competing. We'll get into that. Followed by the biggest news, controversial news of the week, was that Kwesi Adolfa Menza, our GM, the one we want to absolutely love and adore, because he can find talent everywhere, taking that financial, uh, nerdist, you know, numbers <laughs> type background and generating hopefully superstar players. Said something in a USA Today interview that has people going, hmm, was he a little too candid? We'll find out. Followed by another disappointment. Yes, we're Vikings fans, we should be used to it, but darn it, Jim Marshall should make the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame Seniors Committee snubbed him once again, and then we'll end up with a congratulations. So, get ready to watch Two Old Bloggers. Climbing in the pocket, A.D. Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there again. I'm down in hot central Texas. Darren's up in the frigid north, up, up, up there, close to the Arctic Circle in Yellowknife, Canada. How are things up there, Darren? Uh, it was beautiful this morning, a little rainy today,
1: but... Uh... Temperatures are fine, around 20, 21 degrees Celsius. Quite comfortable that for us. So nice. Quite comfortable. Not like it's probably well, hot as Hades in, in yeah, Austin the
0: Over 40 Celsius range, to put it in yeah. your language down here. Yes. yes.
1: But, yeah, we're good and just chomping at the bit to talk Vikings as usual.
0: Hey, it's a great topic. Absolutely fabulous topic. And uh, let's get this thing started. Started, get it rolling. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And we'll start out, as always, with the first theme <laughs> Chris Cook. What does Chris Cook have to do with anything? <laughs>
1: Ah, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll get into it in a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, it is the start of training camp. We have seen some good things so far. We want to thank all our beat writers, you know, that have provided us with some wonderful insight. And that's the slide I'm missing. Let me throw that puppy up there. I knew I was missing something. Our favorite beat writers, local beat writers, not national, come from basically these half handful of organizations. Score North, The Athletic, Star Tribune, Sports Illustrated, Pioneer Press, uh, Purple Insider, and K-Fan.
1: They're they're on the beat, on the scene daily at training camp as a all Vikings fans would know by now, the Vikings training camp kicked off on Tuesday. And so all of this off season about wondering, you know, well, who's going to do what, who's going to show what are the rookies going to look like? We start to finally get some answers about that. And, and even a little bit of, um, insight into the depth chart. Who's, who's going, who's running with the ones who, who's uh, right now backups. Who is, uh, you know, forgotten about and, uh, <laughs> So, the, and you know, the beat writers, whether it's Will Raggett from Sports Illustrated, Tom Pelicero from USA Today, you got Matthew Collar from pa- Purple Insider, all those guys, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Kevin Seaford, blah 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 blah. So they have been coming out with giving us some a little bit of an insight in what's going on in training camp for those of us like myself who aren't there, cannot see it, and uh, we're starting to learn a few things. Uh, particularly, you know, I'm anxious to see, okay, where do the rookies slot in here, David? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, do uh, any of them got a shot at a starting position? There's some that do. We've talked about that. Uh, where do the other guys that I, we don't think have shots at the starters, are they going to make the team? Are, are they going to be backups? How's it all going to work? What we have been finding out just initially is that the three rookies that mm-hmm. uh, I think most of us agree are have uh, have a shot, are either the favorite to be a starter or have a shot to be a starter. Lewis Seen, of course, at safety, Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback, and then Ed Ingram at right guard, all of them right now are running with the twos. Uh, Yesterday, uh, for some, that would be a little bit of a surprise with Lewis Seen because before training camp, the expectation was that he was already anointed the starter over Cameron Bynum. That has not been the case so far. Bynum is running with the ones. Seen is running from the twos. It remains to be seen (laughs) how long that will last. But at least for the first week of training camp, that's been the case. Ed Ingram has been, yesterday he got to to split time with Chris Reed at starter reps. Uh, People may have saw that tweet at right guard, but that was because Jesse Davis was out with an injury, so... Right now, Davis is still running with the ones at, at right guard. And then uh, Andrew Booth Jr. is trying to – he's running with the twos as well. And However, to
0: impress and doing a good job so far.
1: Is he ever from what we've been reading? So a few interesting things uh, when it was um, from the observations from these beat writers, uh, particularly I think on the offensive line, as expected, not a whole. I think the starting five was pretty much what we've talked about earlier. Running with the ones, uh, Darasa O'Neill at tackle, uh, Cleveland and Jesse Davis at the guards, and then um, Bradbury at center. Uh, the backups though had uh, Oliudo and Brandle, Blake Brandle as the guard, as the tackles, and then you had Schlotman as the backup center, and then you had um, Ingram and Chris Reed. Uh, at at the guard position, so that's a little bit of an insight there. I think into how the, the you know the depth chart is shaking out at the offensive line, and that's do one you of know our...
0: the third line.
1: I do not, I do not, third but I know line, that Wyatt Davis
0: is there. <laughs> the third line, your tackles are low and uh, um. Paris is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Tim- Timon Paris. Harris yeah and you have Hinton and Wyatt Davis was actually seen on the field with the third line and you have <laughs> Sokol as your center and Sokol is an interesting prospect whether he makes the 53 or not I don't know but he very well may be in running to be developed as the next center for your Minnesota Vikings. He's a young kid with lots of promise, and uh, hopefully they can develop him to take next year, you know, take that step. So that's your third line. Uh, like I said, Ed Ingram has been second line consistently. He split reps yesterday with Reed when Jesse Davis was out. But it's going to be fun once they put on pads, which comes Monday. And they start hitting to see where these guys actually move and rack and stack because I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun.
1: And the the Chris Reed situation for me and I think for you, David, bears watching because uh, we liked that signing initially when it was mm-hmm. made. We thought, hey, he could be the starting right guard for this team because he had been on the uh, Colts offensive line that offensive line almost had uh, uh, mr uh, Wisconsin That's guy right, uh, uh, had mr. Wisconsin guy almost ran for two thousand yards on you know with that line blocking for him and Chris Reed was one of the guys on that uh, so uh, um, interesting that we thought we were wondering okay is he going to be the, the challenging Bradbury for center looks like they got him at the guard position right now and uh, I'm I think that preseason I'm looking forward to Reed really showing something and either him or Ingram and unseating Jesse Davis for the right guard. I don't know if that's going to happen, but the fact that they got Reed and Ingram Splitting reps yesterday at right guard when Davis was out means that I think that they see Reed as a multi, a guy they can switch around on the inside, you know, move left, right, play all three interior positions. And that's got to be extremely, extremely valuable to the Vikings to have one guy who can do that. So I think Chris Reed's going to play a lot, even if he isn't a starter. Um and the backups uh, stuff was you're talking about Sokol. He came from a very small school, Sacred Heart, or something like that. Uh, so he needs a lot of seasoning, I think. But Austin Slotman, the backup center right now, his he's not really uh, he doesn't doesn't really have an impressive um, you know previous uh, work resume. Uh, I think that he's a guy, yeah, like you say. Uh, him losing that backup center position, he's ripe for the picking in that. And maybe Sokol can sneak in there, who's somebody who I thought last week when I talked about the roster situation, there was no way he was going to make the team. He would be a practice squad candidate. And that may still happen. But, hey, uh, that's what the preseason's for, for these guys to show uh, the coaches that uh, they deserve to be higher up in the depth chart than we think they, they deserve mm-hmm. to be. Um, and uh, number 23, Andrew Booth. Lots of talk on him throughout the week, especially the first two days, uh, like words being used like fluid, physical, cocky, uh, uh, very, uh, <laughs> he has no shortage of confidence and uh, he intercepted a Kirk Cousins pass that was underthrown. a few pass defenses. So he has really shown, uh, been impressive from what we are reading the fir- first week, the first few days of training camp. And again, I had, Patrick Peterson and Cam Dansler is the guy starting on the outside. I still think that's the case, but if Booth keeps playing like this, if he shows uh, during the preseason exhibition games, if he if he's as impressive as he's looked the first two or three days in camp, uh, that could very well change. Um, and uh, you know, David, I think that's a great thing if Booth oh, yeah. turns out to be to be great because it seems like we haven't had a uh like a, we haven't even had one corner who i'd say was like above average since 2017 in Xavier Rhodes mm-hmm. so for us to have uh booth potentially being that cam dancer i think has also looked at, uh, there's been reports from the beat writers saying he's looked very good so far. Mm. And then Peterson, Peterson's a guy, again, I think his best days are behind him, but he's experienced. Even last year when we didn't think he was that good, teams didn't really throw at him very much. Right. So um, he still has respect. Uh, I think, you know, could it be, could it be that the Vikings secondary could have, have, have like three above average starters? Quarters? That would be amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Earlier in the week we talked about the beat writers talking Matthew Collar had on a draft expert that specifically focuses on defensive backs. And he talked about Andrew Booth. And he says Andrew Booth, out of all the corners that we have, has the more ability with his feet and his uh, availability to, or capability to flip his hips and do all the things necessary to play nickel than anybody else on the team. And that's sort of what made me go, hmm. Yeah. I wonder if Ed Donatel will eventually say, hey, I got three good corners, like we just said, let's try him at nickel. But speaking of three good corners, and we talk about the nickel position, today I saw on Twitter, because fans are now in the stands at Egan. They had all three safeties out on the field at the same time. Hitman Harrison Harrison Smith, you had uh, um, <clears throat> Cameron Bynum, and Andrew Seen out there on the field all at once, which I can't wait to see either.
1: Yeah, I'd, uh, I haven't heard any reference to Chan and Sullivan yet in anything I've read either. <laughs> so oh, I, I hear yeah, he's yeah. doing okay. Yeah yeah right now
0: uh, he's the number one
1: nickel yeah uh but uh, right now david none of the three rookies they're again mm-hmm. they're not being given anything they're not uh, they haven't the coaching staff has made it been very careful looks like to not give any of them the starter and say you got it buddy a uh, run with it uh they're making them at least for the time being earn it and uh and I, you know, I think that's good you, you know, we, uh, I remember, and we, we had the Chris cook visual up at the beginning uh-huh. of this. And the, and the reason why is I'm going to talk about it now is that this seems like ancient history, but I remember in 2010 cook was our, our first, our, our, you know, our top draft pick picked in the second, first pick in the second round. I believe we traded out of the first round, uh, and he had, uh, it, from what I remember, he had a phenomenal training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the talk of the 2010 training camp that he was going to be the next great Vikings corner. And then of course, when the, when the lights went on and the play was actually for real, he stunk it up. <laughs> and, and you know, that's, that's just a lesson that, okay. Yeah. It's great for Andrew Booth to show and flash when they're, you know, there's no pads on and right. they're running in, in, in t-shirts and, and shorts, but, That doesn't mean anything until let's see him do it when there's actual games, preseason games, and then in the regular season games. I mean, I'm very confident that Booth is going to be a very good player for us. But just because he's had two or three uh, strong practices in training camp does not mean that he's going to be that kind of player in the regular season for us. Sure. Hope so. But uh, this is why these guys have to earn it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they've got to, they've got to beat out veterans who've been there, done that. And we know, we know, you know, you kind of know what the great
0: Randy Moss took a while.
1: That's right. He was not made the starter in the regular season or in, in until I don't know, a a few games in uh, Mm -hmm. until it was undeniable that he had to start over Jake Reed. But I'm sure that, he had to earn it too. So Andrew Booth, Lewisine, Ed Ingram—they are going to have to do the same.
0: And in other work talk. Uh, Brian, the number, the fourth rookie off the board, Brian Asamoa, got some time this week with the ones. Also, as Jordan Hicks uh, was missing a couple days for non-COVID related illness, and uh, he and Troy die. You wanted to mention Troy Die, had split. I some did. Odds.
1: Yes, uh, it was, it was uh, and Die had been uh, took the full reps the first day when Hicks was not in there, and then he and Asamoah traded off after that. But uh, again, I had uh, Die last week. I thought Die was not a great candidate. Short probably was not this going team. to. Yeah, yeah. It probably was not going to make the team. But at least what we're looking at right now, even if uh, he's either the top backup for Hicks or you know close to it. In that case, you know, if he's getting all the reps for a banged up Hicks or he's getting half of the first reps, we know Asamo is going to be on the team. Right. I think that's that's a given. Uh, but Troy Dye I was didn't think so. But I, it looks like Dye unless he totally screws up in training the rest of training camp and in preseason uh he will be sticking with the team and, and we know he has special teams value because he's played a lot of special teams the first two years so uh, maybe he's um he, he may be uh i'll Sort of a lock to make the Vikings, even though yet last week I kind of felt like he was iffy. Uh, Probably doesn't say much for Chaz Surratt's chances to to make the uh, the Vikings. Uh, I I keep on bringing up Surratt. Uh, I don't know why I talk about him so much considering he's done nothing for the Vikings, but uh, just a guy that had a great college resume and you kind of thought like uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting type of build for a linebacker, uh, interesting background, former quarterback turns linebacker, and so far he's just like Wyatt Davis. He's just been a nothing, a big disappointment.
0: Well, I think he's got more play than Wyatt Davis, however. Yes. (laughs) on special teams. Um, Also doing well in camp, is this fine gentleman? Yes. Uh,
1: There was one (laughs) um, report talking about how uh, the, I can't remember who the beat writer was, but talking about how uh, Cook looked faster in training camp than they felt than he did in twenty, then last year, uh, which I think is uh, great news for the Vikings, great news for Kevin O'Connell and the new uh, and Wes Phillips and the new offense that they're installing, and extremely bad news for the Vikings uh, opponents because if Dalvin Cook is faster than he was last year and he looked pretty fast to me last year even though he was uh, you know he was we knew that he was hurt and he wasn't right, he wasn't 100 percent probably most of the year but if you got dalvin cook in beast mode 2020 dalvin cook playing on the in this new offense that is a huge huge plus for the minnesota vikings and it's going to really really help them uh Win more games than they have the previous two years. Uh, I'm just, you know, I am stoked to see Dalvin Cook uh, running faster than, or just as fast as as he's ever run, and uh, and a healthy Cook too. Just that's really encouraging news to hear that he looks as sharp as he does.
0: And take that first off, he's at the age 26, 27, which is absolutely the prime for a running back. Yeah. Two, the Vikings have already stated they're going to go to pass first a pass-oriented game versus, like I've joked before, the 95 run-first offense, um, which means defenses, since they know they're going pass-oriented, are going to be focusing on the pass more. That, in conjunction, is going to make the runs by Dalvin Cook all that more surprising, less anticipated, an improved offensive line, In a different scheme, the mid zone versus a wide zone with a little bit more power up the middle, hopefully opens up more holes. Boom, boom, boom. He takes it to the house, which he has the ability to do. And uh, Kirk Cousins is whining because he didn't get to throw a touchdown on that drive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am. And... Dave, you and I don't care who gets the touchdown. I don't care Vikings, as long as they as long score as long as, as long thirty-five points them. a game, baby.
0: Let's run up. That, yeah. I want a fifty burger this year.
1: And uh, Dalvin Cook had a lot of touchdowns in twenty twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian, is spelling Cook. That's always uh, something that I think we we always talked about. We think we think is ideal because, of course, he's never played a full sixteen-game season, and we, he does get has shown a tendency to get banged up. Most running backs do. Uh, they take a tremendous amount of punishment, but uh, it would be good to spell him. We'll see how they're how uh, Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips will approach that. I've always said it seems great in theory till you get in a close game, and you're like, "What do you, are you going to take Dalvin Cook out of a close game in the third and fourth quarter and uh, for, uh, for put in mm-hmm. Alexander Madison or somebody else who's not as good?" And no, you're not going to do that. You need Dalvin Cook in the game to make plays, uh, but uh, at You know, At some point in time, it would be nice if the Vikings are able to come up with a way to spell him a bit more than they have been able to do in previous seasons and and take some of the mileage off of him.
0: Mm -hmm. Nick, uh, I want to score 35 points no matter what, but I do think I disagree with you thinking the defense will be bad. I think they are actually going to improve over what we saw last season. How long it takes. We can debate that. I don't think it's going to take as long as we think. Uh, Ed Donatel, one of the reports this week, talked about uh, how a lot of the vets have been running the same system, the, uh, Mike Zimmer's system, and that Mike Zimmer was an outstanding defensive coach. And they're making the transition and, and talking the changes in language is what works, what doesn't. And, And Donatel's morphing a little bit, taking a little bit of that as well, the best parts and then the best parts of what the Donatel defense is going to be, which they've taught for a few years, and they're going to morph that together. And I think we're going to see something that's absolutely special. And it's going to uh, may not show up in the first week, but I think by the end of the season, we're going to be quite, quite happy about it. And it's going to complement that offense. A
1: couple of questions, Dave, about, do we see what do what do we think about ty chandler the fifth round pick out of north carolina his chances of making the team on a on a vikings running back unit where you know cook's making the team uh i madison's been his backup the past three years you got wang chung who's making the team just on kickoff return alone and then you know who's are they going to keep for like a cj ham on the team we talked about it last week i think chandler i i should have like looked done my my like add, adding and subtracting because you, you only have 53 roster spots right. so you can't you can't keep 10 running backs but i i do think that 25, uh, offense,
0: do, 25 defense and 20 yeah i guess teams.
1: you could keep 10 running backs if you wanted but uh that would leave you short <laughs> in some other areas um i think chandler does make the 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 team uh and uh there's There has been some speculation here. It's not based on anything, but people say, I think Madison is going to get traded. And I don't see that happening because because of his experience. The Vikings know what he can do. Um, Now, if Chandler or Wang Chung were so impressive in preseason that the, the Vikings coaches were very, 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 very confident that if Cook gets hurt, and he usually does, and they got to put somebody else in, and that's somebody else's Ty Chandler or, or, or Kenny Wongu and, and they're very, very confident that they can give, they can give just as good or better than Madison. Then yeah, I could see Madison getting traded for like a sixth or seventh rounder if they could get it.
0: Well, there but, was, uh, we talk about the beat riders There was scuttlebutt this week about just that Seattle had a uh, trying to remember who it was.
1: Well, uh, uh, Chris Carson they, retired,
0: right? Retired. And they were like, Oh shit. Now, They do have some decent running backs on their roster. Uh, But there was talk of, well, they have an opening. Would they be willing to trade for Madison? Madison might be the perfect style of running back that they would want. Uh, We're not going to find out. Probably it's going to get closer to the end of the preseason because teams will wait. You know, teams will go, yeah, I may want Madison, but if I know you're going to get rid of him, I'll just wait until you release him. Pick him up that way versus trading for him and giving you, you know, a third round or a fourth round conditional or whatever it is, you know, a fifth rounder, and uh, we'll be yeah, and sixth or seventh. Yeah. Aaron says, "Yeah, it could be." You're talking about a backup back, so
1: yeah, I don't think it, I think don't think Aaron was very. uh uh, pleased with my, my thinking on our compensation or return on compensation for for Madison, uh, like a sixth or seventh to keep him. If sure, he could keep him, but but uh, he, he's a free agent next year. And uh, mm-hmm. you, the Vikings probably aren't going to keep him. He's going to walk. Uh, so try to get something for him now. If you're not going to use him, I would say if you are going to use him, then you keep him. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, it's going to have to be, I don't think you get very much for Alexander Madison, A guy who's been a backup his whole career and is not considered like a home run threat running back. I think a lot of teams would like to have an Alexander Madison, but what they're willing to give up for him, I think, would be very, very, very low. Yeah, if you
0: get any draft choices, I think you're on the plus side. Because, like I said, I think they'll wait to see if the Vikings just release him because they have Kene Nwangu and Ty Chandler, and most likely keeping CJ Ham, which fills out your backfield. Yeah.
1: But uh, these answers will be revealed in like three or four weeks,
0: David. That's right. That's right. And we have football this week on Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. And uh, But we'll get talking about the Hall of Fame momentarily. On to Steam 2.
1: This is a good one, David. <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about this one.
0: All right. This one is the controversial one. Quese Adolfo Menza met this week with uh, USA Today, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Jory, Jordy Epstein, something like that. It
1: wasn't um, Pellicero anyway. It no, 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 100.
0: no. It was uh, Jody Epstein, I think was her name. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, did the interview. Let's see. Do I still have it up on here? no I closed the window anyways she interviewed ko about this upcoming season and kosey was honest and candid the question is was he too honest and candid <laughs> uh,
1: yes well uh, I'm <laughs> Nick I'm not drinking anything alcoholic just a, a old slushy slurpy so Coca Cola, though good, good American company. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I imagine most everybody would uh, who is, follows the Vikings would have heard about this. Um, do mensa as you say, interviewed by USA Today. Story came out and some interesting comments about our starting quarterback in there, where Quaysee mensa said uh, was quoted as saying, uh, "We Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but we do not have." uh but he's not we don't have Pat Mahomes Patrick Mahomes and we don't have Tom Brady here and yeah Quacey also said that it's it's unlikely you're going to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback like Mahomes or Brady and of course uh that caught a lot of people's attention because Quacey Doofenshmirtz had extended Kirk Cousins uh, brought him back when a lot of people didn't think that uh, we should, and he's paid him, uh, you know, a significant amount of money uh, to to come back in quarterback for us. And so when you talk about that way about the guy who is going to be your starting quarterback in your first year as a general manager with a new head coach, uh, that's going to raise some eyebrows. And um, and you know, and and Cousins was of course asked about it the next day he gave a very well i'm not really not too concerned about it i'm really focused on training camp and all the things that are going on there and that's the kind of answer i would expect kirk cousins to to provide okay. us he, he he did that um i think that uh, you know quasi uh, adolfa Mensa admitted uh he tried to clarify his comments after that and admitted that well maybe i i went somewhere that i shouldn't have gone uh i what my words were kind of taken out of context people always say that but when you say your quarterback is a good quarterback it's i mean the context is there david mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is that is that what quasi dova said, at least in my view is 100 percent correct uh kirk cousins is not an elite quarterback he's a very good good quarterback and that's just the facts mm-hmm. but I think that Quasimodo Fomente, if he had to do it over again, and uh, he will have to do it over again in numerous interviews, uh, probably shouldn't have phrased it that way. It's just kind of a we've had uh, it, it, the way we've had the the whole off season has been like a it's this is really the first kind of crack in the whole uh, collaboration. Everything is awesome vibe that. Quincy Dovmenson and Kevin O'Connell have been trying to build with the Vikings since they got hired and this is really the first bit of controversy they've they've run into and uh, I think that and we I think David I don't know Kirk Cousins personally of course uh, I think that's pretty clear you don't either but I think we both feel that he's a guy that doesn't really always take constructive criticism as well as a guy in his position probably should uh everybody's different um everybody's got different personalities but when you're a quarterback the top position in football a lot of the stuff has to roll off your back I think and you just have to move on and trust your abilities I don't think that Kirk Cousins mentally is that kind of a guy uh David I know you're just want to chime in on this so please do
0: Well, when you're one of the top 15 players in your position in the world, you hope that you can take this as a uh, motivational-type comment and saying, well, I'll show you. However, I don't think Kirk Cousins believes that way. I think he internalizes it with his, you know, slough-off. And it may not mean anything. Uh, Yes, it's obvious Kirk Cousins is not Hall of Fame-bound Tom Brady and future Hall of Fame-bound Pat Mahomes. Okwase is 100% correct when he says having those guys makes it easier and more likely to get to and win a Super Bowl than it does any other. The problem with having those guys is they don't come around that often. It is a tree that produces, you know, elite fruit, that perfect stuff, the stuff that makes that wonderful whiskey that sells for a million dollars a barrel, right? It doesn't happen that often. And to find that, it is difficult. Now, the whole idea about the interview was when it comes to rebuilding a squad, rebuilding your team, do you tear it all down? If you tear it all down, what's the most critical position? The most critical position always is quarterback. You start to worry the most, do I have a good quarterback? Yes, I have a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? No, he has not proven to be that up until this point. Do I hope that uh, Kevin O'Connell... Can bring that out of him? Oh, hell yes. I hope that's the case. Because I think he has the physical talents to do such. But he's not there. You hope that with something like this, this is the type of, and it comes to learning personality. What motivates somebody? Hopefully this is that little spur, that little poke that says, you need to be better. I'm saying I'm telling the world, you aren't Tom Brady. You aren't Patrick Mahomes. But I believe in you and that you can be. You've got to take this and uh, change it and do it. Will he? That's a different story. From what I've seen of Kirk Cousins, my feelings about Kirk Cousins, my feelings about Kirk Cousins before he even joined the Vikings, is that he internalizes that thing and sort of shuts down. I think that's part of his own Mental makeup. I hope I'm wrong this year. I hope he takes it and just explodes.
1: I had uh, yeah, David. Uh, I agree with that, and I think that uh, cousin's comments when he was asked about about it again, he was like, "Training camp, blah blah blah. I'm not too concerned about it." Uh, but. Uh, that, that's something I would expect him to say. Kirk Cousins is not a guy to rock the boat very much. We haven't seen much of that. He's not a guy who's he's a he's a. We've heard he's a people pleaser. He, I think you know. I don't think he's going to say anything. Re- er, ever say anything controversial? And he, he didn't in this case. But I, it's easy hindsight. I, he, he had a whole day to think about. He knew he was going to get asked about this, so he had time to think about it. He probably worked with the uh, Hagen, the PR guy from the Vikings, on how he's going to answer it and message it and all that. But I. I, I would have preferred him to to just uh, to, to say. Yeah, I would have preferred him to say, you, you know, listen, I, you know, I understand what Quaysey said. Uh, I, I and, you know, the I feel that the, you, I don't have any problem with what he said. Uh, my record is shows that you know my stats show I am a good quarterback, but I'm gonna, you know, my goal is to be elite. I'm gonna take what my GM said his motivation to get us to the next step and so my whole focus in training camp and in the regular season is to be to be a Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes and get the Vikings to a Super Bowl that's what I would have liked him to say and maybe show a little bit of that he was a little bit maybe even a little bit pissed off that his GM Mm -hmm. said he was a good quarterback but he didn't do that Um, he's got his reasons and uh, I, I don't think Team-wise internally, this is going to be a big deal. It's a, it's a one-week news cycle. Uh, probably the last. Uh, we're keeping it alive a little bit by talking about it here, I guess. But I, 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 this isn't going to like divide the team or anything like that. No. But uh, but I I would like it if if it does nothing else. I would like to see it motivate Kirk Cousins to do whatever he can to leave no stone unturned on trying to get to the elite level. Because even if it isn't Pat Mahomes or Tom Brady, if he's better than the Kirk Cousins he's been the previous 10 seasons in the league, who knows what difference that could make in the Vikings' fortunes. Like A, a better Kirk Cousins than what we've seen would be pretty damn good.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, uh, I mentioned Aaron had a good answer. His answer was paralysis by analysis. Yes, that seems to hold him back. Hopefully – like we've talked about before, Kevin O'Connell bees, or becomes his brain and Kirk Cousins has the physical talents that Kevin never had and, uh, like you said, takes that next step. We shall see. I hope he does. Just,
1: I wanted to mention one last thing about this, David, and it's been, I think it's been the, the point, something that happened in training camp the, the past couple of days. You mentioned it. I've seen it written about how – and it's that paralysis by analysis thing with with Cousins. I think was there was one play where he went through his progressions, checked down, and O'Connell stopped the practice and told Cousins, "No, I want you to try to get it in there. Don't look go through your progressions here. Trust your receiver. Throw it. <laughs> you know, throw it in Ugh. there. And try to try to try to make a play instead of checking down." And I think that so that was good to hear that o'connell is kind of telling him hey man yeah. you know, sometimes if you see an opportunity instead Take of like it. saying oh i uh, you know you know option 1a is not quite 100% open i must move to option 1b oh option 1b is not 100% open i must move to option 1c like
0: option 1c is not quite open where's the yeah,
1: yeah that's right yeah yeah um, for the, the the two yard check down when you need 15 yards
0: well and Speaking of our favorite beat writers, Matthew Collar did a research project on that. I believe it was Matthew Collar. It may have been uh, Boys Cold North. We always get the impression that he checked down on third and long to CJ Actually, he only did that a couple times. All last season. However, on second and long, he did it prolifically. It was like over close to two dozen times he did it. And uh, that's where we get that. So uh, they looked up the numbers, and I may be off, give or take a few. But yeah. they are they are literally that. Hopefully Kevin O'Connell gets into his brain. No. Justin Jefferson may look to be covered right now, but he is in a position to beat him. Throw that ball. By the time it gets there, he will be one step ahead. He will catch it. He will go for the distance. Touchdown we're on our way to 35 to 50 points a game. That's what he's going to get. That's right.
1: Yeah. And some of those plays you'll make a mistake and it might get picked off or something, but
0: yeah. But if you're still pressing and you're scoring 35 to fifty plays a game, the occasional interception is, ha. oh, well, right. We didn't score 50. We only scored 42 today. (laughs) Okay. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Go for it, baby. Go for it. Um. Yeah. Now, Nick Howard brings up maybe Kirk should have gone to Florida and uh, with his receivers. I am sure Tyler Fornis. that will be talked about probably tomorrow. That story came out this week, how – and that got blown up for those that believe in the outer proportion that Kirk Cousins was asked to come down and throw with uh, – Justin Jefferson and I believe uh, Osborne was down there and maybe some of the other ones throw, throw around with the, the, his receivers. He chose not to. He wanted to spend time with his family. Now, how you view that depends on who you are. Is that a leadership thing? One of his faults that he's not willing to do what's necessary uh, to make the team go, or is it hey, it's no big deal, he wants to spend time with family? You can understand that. Uh, it generally comes down to what type of personality you are. I think he's more type B than type A, which is unusual to for somebody to get this good at with those type of personalities or a type B versus an A, but um. Everything you've seen about teams that win the Super Bowl and get there, you, they talk about sacrifice and how much it took to get there. Is that a lack of sacrifice? He could have brought the family along, right? Mm-hmm. Throwing a football around for you three, six hours a day and then gone off to Disney World, right? Gone off and, you know, nerded out at – Epcot Center, or the Star Wars deal, or whatever he wanted to do. But no, that wasn't his choice. Um, I tend to believe, me growing up in the military, right, I sacrificed a lot. I believed in training and making sure all my guys were right, beefing them up, getting them as good as they could be, Right training them to do my job, training them to do others' jobs, training them to be experts at their jobs, so that when it came to the necessary that we needed it, when it all the chips counted, and that happened in the Gulf War, it happened in Afghanistan, it happened in uh, Iraq, it happened in, shit with me within Panama, uh, and if you want to go back even further, uh, Grenada, you have to be able to trust the people you're going with, and you want them as qualified and as trained as possible, and you sacrifice time away From your family. Um, And yes, trust me, you do. You're gone from the house 200 plus days a year. That hurts. I understand that. Some men don't like that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I fully understand. You want to love your family. You want to be the best dad ever. I got that. I wish I was better. But I also wish the guys I was with that we were the best so that we had the best survivable Uh, ability to survive and inflict and win any competition or any conflict that we were in. I view football as much the same way. If you want to sacrifice to get to that ultimate goal, and that ultimate goal is to you win with your team the big prize, that does take some sacrifice. I'm sorry. If you believe it doesn't, I'm sorry that we disagree. It does take that effort. And normally these are guys that wake up at ODARC 30 and go out and run and lift weights and try to be better than everybody else. They do this from, you know, Pop Warner on, junior high, high school, right? These are the guys putting in the extra work. They're lucky enough to get beyond high school and play college They're putting it there, and if they're lucky enough to get drafted in the NFL, they're still doing that extra work, right, because they want to be the best. Hey, but he's spending time with his family, and there's times when you need to take time off and just, you know, reset, and maybe that's it. So, Um. Drew, I never made it to Grenada. However, I was on the flight line, ready to load up and go. I was recalled out of the military school, college I went to, to go up as uh, a cadet with my military unit. I was simultaneous membership program in the Army Reserves at the time. Eleven, bang, bang. And uh, never did go, but I was ready. But I've been involved in just about every conflict, sense. Colorado uh, Canyon. <laughs> Anyways. That that's just my opinion. Now, whether he can become that I hope so. I hope I hope it all works. Really, I do. I want the Vikings to win one before I die. So, hey. Yeah. That, that hey, brings us to our favorite part of the show. Beer. <laughs> uh, Lake Monster Brewery, we partnered with him. We partnered with him. We started last spring. We're continuing that through the fall. Uh, Matt Lang, who's the brewmeister there, is a great guy. I've been talking to him about some of the weirder, weirder things they can make. Uh, asked him about, have they ever made beer with wild rice? Those in Minnesota know wild rice, go up to Leech Lake. That's where I saw it the first time. We're taking our boat out, and there's natural wild rice growing. And you'd hit it, and the rice grains would fall, it was towards the end of the season, would fall into the boat. I said, have you ever done it? Because, uh, you know, beer our wild rice is a grain, and you make beer with grain, right? You make hard alcohol with grain as well. Grain is a wonderful thing, whether it be wheat, corn, wild rice, you know, malt, uh, stuff like that. It is absolutely wonderful. And they have. However, what they have on tap right now, they've added purple rain, right? Ooh. That type of cool. season. Uh, we have uh, still the, the light, refreshing difference. ones, Belgian uh, session pale ale. We have our strawberry rhubarb still we have our Pog Sour, and then those that like it more stout. I shouldn't say stout. It's not a stout. Like it more meaty. <laughs> you have Rare Species 3.0. I've had Rare Species 1.0 and 2.0. I have not had Rare Species 3.0. bet that is great. Um, yeah, they yes, need they to do. deliver. Yes, I agree wear. with you, Aaron. They do, they do need to deliver. Nick's on the go national, yeah, and then international,
1: baby, international,
0: international. And you can see they haven't changed what they've got right now, presently, in the pints, which means cans, and that's anywhere from a 12 ounce to a 20 ounce. And uh, me being stationed in England, an imperial pint over there is 20 ounces. I wish it was over here as well. (laughs) That brings us to theme three. Sad emoji time. Mm-hmm. Sad emoji time. This is stupid. <laughs> the senior committee has reduced uh, the list of finalists for the class of twenty twenty-three in the seniors category down to these individual individuals, and as you can see, there is a name missing sure is david
1: there sure is uh, we talked about uh, this three weeks ago i think mm-hmm. uh, when, when marshall jim marshall been announced <laughs> yes nick i'm with you 100 on that one purple haze boo yeah you could you can say that again uh, we talked about jim marshall he'd been one of the 24 semifinalists. uh talked about his chances of getting to be a finalist and at the time, I thought his chances weren't very good, not because he's not deserving, but just there were various reasons for that. We talked about them qu- quite a bit. Um, and turns out, unfortunately, that I was right. Uh, G- Jim Marshall did not make the cut as a, final- as a finalist. And out of, out of the finalists, Dave, uh, only four, I believe, get selected to the
0: – three or four three. get
1: selected to the Hall. Up yeah. to three. Up to three. So not even and three. And hopefully they select be- three. Maybe they don't even select any. I don't know. Uh, but um, So he didn't make the finalists. He's not going to make the Hall of Fame again this year. And for Viking fans, uh, for that's disappointing for Jim Marshall, I'm sure. Disappointing for all the teammates who are still alive who played for him. Uh, and disappointing for Viking fans who have been – long-time Viking fans who have been uh, been complaining, crying, wondering why Jim Marshall is not already in the Hall of Fame and uh not well, surprising
0: us he thinks he's blackball
1: he, well he i, I he like is to... but i, did, I mm-hmm. yeah I, I think maybe that's not the right choice of words but the, they they obviously don't think much of his mm-hmm. they don't feel he's hall of fame worthy or he would have you know he he retired in 1979 he's still waiting so right. i don't know um but so i didn't like his chances uh a bit surprising though is because some of the other guys that didn't get finalists either Roger Craig uh, I thought would have been a finalist and didn't. Uh, Randy, Randy Gratishar did make the did make the cut, and uh, I think that's a good choice. Gratishar was an outstanding linebacker in his time. Also didn't win a Super Bowl, uh, but uh, he managed to make the finalist. Um, Joe Jacoby, uh, part of the Hogs, I think two-time Super Bowl winner. That
0: one surprised didn't. me the most. If anybody yeah. out of your list I expected to make it was Joe Jacoby.
1: Not in there, uh, Everson Walls did make it, but uh, it is some other so some in- interesting names, yeah, re- that's right, interesting names there. Uh, the one that really sticks out for me in the list previous was Joe Klecko making it as a semi finalist, our oh. uh, finalist. Now, it does, it, I, don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to make, make the hall of fame, but his, if you look at again, this is just one metric, but we went into I think you got it up there, but you, you went into three weeks ago. Like, you had a whole bunch of great charts on pro football reference and how they rank players and their value, the adjusted value. And Joe Klecko's was way, way down amongst the final, yeah. the semifinalists, like yeah. way down.
0: The fi- the finalists in this list are in gold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With black lettering. And if you look at the bottom of the list, is Joe Klecko. And Klecko. So, you know, that's kind of a
1: dubious selection to me. And Klecko played a similar position to Jim Marshall. He played defensive tackle, but he also played some defensive end. Uh, You know, didn't play half as long in his career. Uh, He made four Pro Bowls as opposed to two of Jim Marshalls. But I think the the resume is, you could make an argument for Klecko, I guess, being a finalist. You could also make an argument for Jim Marshall being a finalist. Uh, I don't think Klecko was a a strong candidate. Uh, However... Again, much like Everson Walls, and he's like, a
0: cowboy. He was a member of the Green Machine, right? That's right. And he it's a, like he was a uh, the Green Machine. He was Machine. in New York.
1: He was in New York. He was a member of the New York Sack Exchange. Sack Exchange, yes.
0: And, and it's like against some Jim Marshall was member of the Purple People Eaters.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: And I'd put uh, up the Purple so, People Eaters against the Sack Exchange
1: any day of the week. And if you look at some of the AV values, uh, again, of Everson Walls, Ken Ken Riley, who is a great, great, great cornerback for the the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, their AV values is not pretty much the same as Jim Marshall's yet. They got in. um, So I I don't know. Uh, I just kind of feel that, like I said before, I just, I am not very, for Marshall not even to get into the. Into as a finalist in the seniors category, means I think his chances of getting in the actual Hall of Fame are, I believe, are close to nil, uh, the way things are going. And it's just very, very unfortunate. Uh, Nobody seems to recognize that the value that Jim Marshall brings, uh, brought to the Vikings, what an incredible player he was, durable player, and what an incredible teammate and leader he was. That's got to count for a lot. uh, The original
0: Iron Man. Right. Yeah. Nobody had done that before him. That alone should be a mark that puts him ahead. But it's I think I, it, yeah. it, it like I said before, it comes down to who presents the argument. Right? It's usually a beat writer, and the beat writers go in front of the other beat riders who are on a committee and then advocate. I don't know who's advocating for Jim Marshall, but it needs to be somebody else. Because whoever is well, isn't doing a good enough job,
1: I, and I think that again the the, the problem that they, they the advocate might have is that uh, again, like you said, the, those lack of Pro Bowls and and individual honors compared to some of the other guys, maybe. But uh, also, I was when we talked about Jim Marshall's candidacy three weeks ago, I, I said, well, you know, one of the things that might be hurting him is that again, he retired in 1979. Every year there's new candidates that come up that these beat writers, some of these beat writers may have never seen Jim Marshall play. They might not have even been born when he was playing, uh, but they they'll have a better memory of guys like Roger Craig and whoever the new guys who are eligible next year. And so the memory of what the the memory of Jim Marshall, the player, of the who he was, what he did on the field, the type of individual and character he was, goes that gets fr- that goes further and further down. But the only thing that makes me a little bit um has it gives me hope for the next few years is that some of the guys that were finalists like chuck halley got in played the same actually a little bit earlier than marshall uh he got in as a finalist so uh maxi bonds another guy and then uh i'm looking at the other tommy Novus was another guy so those guys kind of played the same era as jim marshall they got in so it's not a done deal that Marshall's age is working against him now. That people are forgot forget will forget about him and what he did, but uh, it just doesn't look good for him. And I don't, I don't know what needs to be done. Uh, maybe uh, not that not that uh, we don't give uh, you know eleven thousand subscribers like uh, Drew and Ted's yeah. show. But uh, if I could ask Viking fans anything here in the next year or so, if you want to see Jim Marshall get in, we need to. Put together some kick-ass letter-writing campaign to the to the Hall of Fame or something like they do for like voting for the All-Star game or something. Something right to the right to the Hall of Fame. The Vikings need to start uh, like a campaign for Jim Marshall. Jim Marshall for the Hall of Fame. Try to get every possible Viking fan they can to write in and talk about why Jim Marshall should be in the Hall of Fame. Send it to the Hall of Fame uh, in Canton, Ohio, and maybe that will be what gets him. Over the edge. I don't know because I know yeah, When see the Hall what, of
0: Fame committee member goes to the the voting block and says, "Hey, we've got these three million emails that says he needs to be in there." Yeah, maybe. I just
1: it'll it'll really cheese me off though if if like if that if Jim Marshall and I hope this doesn't happen, like it happens isn't doesn't happen for a while but Jim Marshall is like eighty four now uh, something like that. It'll really cheese me off if he passes away, and then the Hall of Fame decides, oh you know he's dead, uh let's and put him in yeah. now, yeah too late, too late, like mm-hmm. put him in while he's alive, put him in like he should be in you got jim right, marshall C-Y's. Jim Marshall needs to be in there, and he should be in there, and I don't want him to go in as kind of a sympathy pick after he's deceased let's right. let's make let's do the right yes, thing. the
0: whole purple people leader should be in there. I agree.
1: Hey, hey, you know, Gary Larson, another guy, very underrated and underappreciated, Mm -hmm. even by somebody like me, you know, and I I don't tend to talk about, you know, I'll talk about Eller, I'll talk about Marshall, I'll talk about Alan Page. I don't talk really a whole lot about Gary Larson, but he was a key, key member of the Purple People leaders.
0: Yep. But Jim Marshall, or uh, Jim should be in there. And it's just a freaking shame. Today, today, And yesterday, it was announced that Jared Allen is going to be inducted into the Vikings Hall of Fame. Ah, Ring of Honor. He should be. Absolutely should be. And we talk about, he gave an interview today, and... Mm yesterday it was today I think and he talked about who is the whole every team has a cadre of the legends that sort of grow Vikings has one of the best ones and who was the first one to meet him and talk to him when he joined the team way back in 2000
1: 2008 2008
0: um, it was Jim Marshall and how much he thought of Jim Marshall, right? And that's just, it, you know, it hits you right there. And he talks to all of them, Eller, Page, but it was Jim Marshall was the one that first came up to him. Now he joins them in the, the ring of honor this season, I don't know which game they're going to announce it, but it's going to be fun. We definitely got
1: to watch Um, it. It's the Arizona game that he's getting announced.
0: Okay. And uh, I do hope that he gets put up next to Kevin Williams so that they can be side-by-side for, you know, basically eternity until, you know, the Vikings are no more. Those guys were uh, brilliant together. Jared Allen brings me a whole bunch of satisfaction Personally and for the team, the whole sacks, the chasing the quarterbacks out of the end zones for safeties, the, you know, the slide and calf rope deal, you know, as a celebration, the way he absolutely worked to get to the quarterback and the happiness and the gregarious, gregarious, I don't Gregarious, yeah. Yep. Gregarious. Um, too much bourbon so far anyways um, that he held the mullet when he came in the Fu Manchu right the whole works he was fabulous as a guy I think he was great his quickness off the ball his power he'd go after that quarterback like uh, Drew says a hell of a player I am so happy that he makes it what are your thoughts
1: Echo everything you said, a hundred percent, David. You know, uh, Jared Allen was a guy that, um, when as soon as he got traded to the Vikings, it was just a perfect fit for for Allen and for the Vikings. And he was he was that was one of those trades where Jared Allen gave the Vikings exactly what they were expecting when they got him, and what fans were expecting when they got him was a guy who was a terror ch- chasing after the quarterback, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, in the in the game, certainly one of the best to ever do it with the Vikings, and uh, yeah, just it was just fun watching Jared Allen play football. You know that he was like the defensive kind of Brett Favre, just having fun out there, man. And uh, and I think that's a big reason for one of the reasons for his success was just how much he enjoyed playing and and how hard he played. Yeah, he had a lot of great physical traits as well, but uh, lots of guys have those. But he also just had a motor that was just never stopped and he never quit on plays well on particularly on when he was r- sacking the quarterback running running uh run defense Jared wasn't always uh as uh good at that, but anyway yeah you know, we weren't we weren't in there for him to be Pat Williams we were in there for him to be Jared allen and he was so awesome player uh thrilled that he's making the the ring of honor well deserved like you say and uh you know uh we won't see another guy like Jared Allen I don't think for quite a while but uh
0: Well, today he said, um, we expect Jared Allen to be inducted in the Hall of Fame in the next couple of years. He has that season. We went back. Let's show when we talked about, where is it, Um, the Hall of Fame rankings. I put the three on the bottom are for reference that aren't there yet. Jared Allen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He's got, according to their metrics, 70.15 of normal 104. He's 22nd in the ranking. I expect him to get there. I expect within the next two years we will see Jared Allen, Hall of Fame, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. We want to get the Hall of Fame game that year. And, uh, hey, hopefully Jared Allen and Jim Marshall together. But, uh, yeah, I'd be all for that. Um, but that would mean Jared Marshall or Jared Allen would be 2024 20, at minimum. Um, yeah. I'd like to see him in 2023. But he is uh, – hes he should make it uh, into the Hall of Fame. I do hope he does. You can see he's higher than Jim Marshall by far on that. And he, he deserves it. And I, I'm happy he's getting the honors. He is.
1: Yep, it'll be. Let's hope that uh, when he uh, is there to get inducted into the Ring of Honor, that the Vikings win the game for him, Uh, because I think uh, that that hasn't been the case recently with the Ring of Honor ceremonies. But maybe I'm just uh, imagining that. But Vikings win that game, win that game for Allen when he's there getting into the Ring of Honor too, just to cap off a good day.
0: I loved when it is presser, right? And he's meeting a lot of the guys he knew, some of the older press guys, right? And he was asked, well, what did you tell the team? And that's, if you haven't seen it, it's up on the Vikings website where he talks to the team about family and all, you know, playing for each other and stuff like that. But they asked him, what did you say to the players? And he's Got the press in front of him and leans on the podium and he says, Don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the theme of the year. Don't suck. Suck. And yeah. uh and he laughed and they laughed. And but it's true, it's a hundred percent true. And he and his life didn't suck. He was good. So um I hope, I hope. You know, I look forward to being inducted, and I hope his uh, selection to the Hall of Fame comes sooner than later. Unlike Jim Marshall, which has come later and is still going on later, he better make it in. Hall of Fame voters, take (laughs) it from me. That's it. That's the show today. That's it. That's all. That's all, folks. We appreciate everybody that's joined us. Donnie, Seawise, Purple Haze, Drewster, Nick, Brian, Aaron. Aaron, you're down here with me in Austin. And, yeah, it's a little warm today. It's a little toasty. That's why I'm doing my bourbon. Enjoying enjoying that. Uh, Nick, let's see. Who else did I miss? We don't see Mary. Unfortunately, Mary's recovering from some surgery. Uh, she will recover. Uh, she's having a hard time with that. But we wish her well. Uh, hope it goes well and the rehab and everything. She's back on her feet shortly. Um, appreciate you joining us on a Saturday afternoon. And for the rest of this upcoming week, we have Tyler Fornes in The Real Forno on Monday. I suspect he'll be talking a little bit about Kirk Cousins thing, plus more, we'll find out, we'll see. Uh, he's still waiting on his credentials from the Vikings, so he can be out there every day. He is now 100% a full-time, full-time sports writer. And if you don't know, he has his own Substack. If you're willing to subscribe, pay a good, you know, it's a $60 for a year, and it's $5 a month, to read some outstanding stuff. And it's not just Vikings football, it's across multiple sports. You you will benefit tremendously. Tuesday, we're going to have Flip and Eric Thompson. Great Flip, Mazze, and Eric Thompson with Viking Hot Takes on its new day, Tuesday. Wednesday, we're having Vikings Happy Hour, Matt and Ryan are welcoming a guest that you know that's been on before that is controversial. Uh, you'll have to wait to Wednesday to see who it is, but I know it. And we'll put Doctor in front of his name. That might help you figure it out. As for Thursday and Friday, we don't know yet. We do have a new show lined up and one of our uh, podcasts is coming live onto the channel as well. And then you get Darren and I back again next Saturday. We'll probably talk about the Hall of Fame game, which I'm sure is going to be a yawner because it's a Hall of Fame game and what's happening in the Vikings as we work up to preseason game week one for us. Should be fun. Any last words there, Darren?
1: No, sir, David. Just, again, thanks to everybody who – Uh, Watched, chatted, put in a comment. I appreciate your patron, patron ship,
0: patronage,
1: patronage. Patronage, Yeah, Uh, great having you guys on and great talking Vikings on a Saturday afternoon.
0: Absolutely. To all of you, what do we say?
1: We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Enjoy
0: the rest of your weekend.